0: Hello.
1: Hello there.
0: Hi. Uh, you're listening to Designing Yourself. Uh, my name is Paul McAleer. And bonus points if you said my last name correctly in your head before you knew how to say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is Whitney Hess. Uh,
0: so today we wanted to talk about fear. Uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite topics. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how you feel about it.
1: I love fear.
0: <laughs> you love fear. Why do you, well, I'll ask you a question first. Why do you love fear?
1: Because it forces you to ask yourself questions about who you are, about where the fear comes from, about whether it really exists or you've just made it up in your mind. Um, for a lot of my life, I thought that the fear was a way to keep me safe from things that could hurt me but at some point along the way I realized that the stuff that gave me the greatest fear was actually the stuff that I needed to spend my life doing so now I love it
0: you love fear that's so awesome oh I hate um, but I
1: hate it too
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute okay so you about, but, but
1: do you do you oh. like fear
0: no, I don't like fear at all. Um, so I don't like it, but here's, here's the deal is that I, so I've, I've never, I never have liked it, but I became very comfortable with it as an MO and just kind of the way I operated. Right. So fear was such, it was such an ingrained part of me that it was just kind of the norm. And, you know, when I say that, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a broad statement right that doesn't mean that i was fearful all the freaking time really i don't think but when it came to things that that kind of make the experience of life really exciting (laughs) and the way that i see it as exciting those were the times when i would kind of seize up and be fearful and kind of fall back into a you know just kind of this whole well it's going to be a lot easier to not do anything type of mode you know and just kind of hold back and not do it because of the fear of you know the a possibility of a result that was not something that I could plan or like.
1: Hmm. Go on though. What what made that change? What created that change?
0: Ooh. It wasn't any one thing. Um, here's the thing too. Whenever you ask me stuff like that too, I want to find one answer and pinpoint it to one particular thing. Which which is something else that's interesting. Like I'm noticing <laughs> this. It's like, well, it was this one thing. And, well, um isn't
1: it interesting about me, though, that I want it to be one thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, then I will give you the answer. It was one thing. And, and it, whatever it was last time we talked about, I think it was April 19th was the date. Um, that was the day it happened. Um, ah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go back to that. Um, but I, I, you know what it was is that it was recognition of, well, it was the recognition in me that there was a pattern around it. Um, and you know, we talked a little about that last time, but for me, it was that I would, I would, you know, I would get the gumption in me to change or take an action and really it's take an action, right? And change could be a part of it, but it was do something, but I would hold myself back because it felt way more comfortable, um, to just be in that moment and kind of swallow that fear up inside of me and not really feel. Feel it, you know, and just kind of, you know, just kind of be numb to it in a way Even the way i'm talking about it now is very different than I I even used to think of it because like a lot of things with self-awareness and self self self-acceptance I wasn't able to name it or recognize it at all like that wasn't something I saw as fear I just saw it as the way the way I was and the person I was and now I see it as a part of me that is not very satisfying to all of me.
1: Absolutely. And I can so easily say that I love fear because I think that confronting my fears have allowed me to get to know parts of myself that I was denying. That there is this, there's something very important about who you are based on the things that you fear. And Mm -hmm. I would use my fears to avoid things. That was really kind of the most obvious thing for me. And I, I often feel that that's what we're taught. Like fear is a good thing. It keeps you away from the bad stuff.
0: Right, right.
1: And when I really started to look at what is it that I'm so afraid of, why am I afraid of this, and why have I been avoiding these things... I learned a lot of things about myself one I learned that I didn't really understand the thing so part of the fear was the unknown or not liking that I didn't know or feeling as though it was foreign and therefore was wrong and then another part of me realized that It was often about judgments that I had adopted from other people, things that had been ingrained in me from a young age from external sources, but that it wasn't really how I felt. It wasn't really based on my research, my discoveries. It was just these blanketed... Judgments about how life is supposed to be lived and what you're supposed to avoid and what you're supposed to aim for and optimize for. And as I started to explore certain fears, I realized that I actually wanted to do those things. I actually, the reason I was so scared of it was that I had constructed this box around it to keep me away from it because I really wanted it. And it seemed scary. It seemed dangerous. It seemed risky. I didn't quite know how to do it. I didn't necessarily know anyone else who had done it. And so I stayed away from it because part of me deeply wanted it. And so that's why I say I love fear because when I recognized in myself, now I'm able to say there is something buried in that deeply that I'm really attracted to. I need to let myself get there. Now, I can say all this, but it's a lot easier said than done.
0: Oh, totally. Absolutely, right?
1: So I have the sleepless nights, and I have <laughs> the bad habits, and I have the, all of that stuff that you kind of um, distract yourself with when things get scary and I have all that stuff but I have really recently I'd say maybe in the last year and a half kind of changed the whole way that I live my life and now instead of trying to check off the check boxes of accomplishments which is the way that I live my life for a very long time I thought that's what life was like Let me build the resume. Let me build a portfolio. This is the next thing I'm supposed to do the next rung in the ladder now it's like a constant search for what scares me the most That's the thing I have to go pursue. I have to figure out why and i'm gonna go do it.
0: Wow. Holy crap. That's awesome um, that is like to me that is Ideal and that's that's the that's the direction I kind of want to go in and when you're saying that, it makes me think about the big stuff that that I'm afraid of. Um, but then I also tie it back to the little tiny stuff, too. Like um, like there was a time at work, oh gosh, I don't know, about a, m- a couple months ago, and I really needed to talk to somebody about something that was very important to me. It was somebody I didn't work for. Um, it was a guy on another team. But I had really, I had had so many Problems talking with this guy, i just didn 't feel comfortable with him i i didn 't know him terribly well, um, but I, I we each had kind of our own mm, our own opinion of each other that had been manifest in the company culture in some ways um, and that was in my head like it was funny because it 's almost like the sports stuff when you get in your own head you know like um, like any of that you just get in your head and then you 're just kind of living there and boy that's an awesome expression, right. So I really, I really need to talk with the guy. And it was funny because I went down, you know, I went down to his floor and I saw him walking around the cubes and, you know, he wasn't in his office. So it wasn't as I had pictured it in my head as how it would go down. So right there, my head was, my head was like, oops, maybe this isn't going to work out. And then I, you know, I kind of walked into the kitchen and I got myself some water and I realized what I was doing and I was totally just delaying this. And, I really had to check myself on that and, and you know, say it, internally and kind of look at like, what are you doing? Like what are you doing? He's just another guy. That's all it is. It's just a guy and you need to talk with him and this is too important to not talk with him about. So, you know, I I was like, gosh, in that moment I was so scared. I was j I was scared and it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. I just needed to talk with him about something work related. I mean it was so You know, I look now and the lens is just like, wow, it was so small. But at the time it was so very big for me. And, you know, I even felt like I could feel, you know, a little bit of that tingling in my arms a little bit, like a little of the fight or flight stuff coming in for me. And I just walked up to the guy. I was like, no, 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 I got to do this. Walked up to the guy and I said, hey, can we talk for a couple minutes? And, you know, I said, let's let's go into your office and have a chat. And that was it. Like that was how I opened it. And there was it was funny because that part of me that really feared him. Um, was, oh man, that part was kicking and screaming and just did not want to be there. It was so, it was, I don't think it was evident physically. Like I wasn't, you know, hunched down or anything. I certainly didn't have my chest out and was super duper, you know, uh, super duper present in that way. Right. It wasn't like I'm, I'm walking with super confidence, but I mean, even talking about it now, I can feel my, my, my body reacting a little bit, just recounting it, but we talked about it and it was a, it was a hard conversation, but it was a good conversation and it ended in a very good place. And, you know, I was just thinking and remembering about how much that really affected me at the time and how very scared I was to just talk with another person about something. And that was all it was in the end. And it was, yeah, I was so very scared.
1: It's so amazing for me to hear you tell this story because, um, One of the things that I have been actively doing in my life right now um, is trying to maintain presence. It is exceptionally hard. (laughs) Um, It is actually quite unbelievable how not present most of us are. And it's not a slight and that's not a criticism it's just an observation and i include myself in that we live entirely in the past or in the future replaying the thing that that person said and now that we've had the distance how we would have said it differently and how we really would have gotten them or is that really what this person meant and wait a minute i didn't hear it that way but now i think that they meant this and replaying and replaying or inventing future conversations, how it's going to go, what you're going to do, what they're going to say. If they say this, then I'll have this ready. And if they decide this, then this is going to be my next step. We spend so much of our energy replaying what has happened in the future or inventing what's, excuse me, replaying what's going to, has happened in the past or inventing what's going to happen in the future. And this desire that I've had Recently, to develop my presence stems from a lot of places, but one of the areas that it um, continues to come up in, it's, it's a very common practice or common kind of um, topic in Buddhism, in meditation, in yoga, and these are a lot of things I've been surrounding myself with lately. Um, because I am a very high, strong, and uptight person. And it's not uh, the easiest thing for me to just be. And I moved to the Florida Keys thinking that I needed space and I just needed headroom to focus again. And I was spread way too thin and I was totally burning out. Um, and then even being in like the most peaceful place you could possibly imagine, my mind was still racing. So this is a new thing that I'm doing. And the reason I bring it up is because this one book that I read that has had a very powerful impact on me. And then I gave it to my boyfriend. He actually – I gave it to him without having read it because I thought that he would enjoy it. And then he was like a chapter into it and he was like, okay, I'm giving this back to you because you need to read this. And then I recommended it to a bunch of friends. It's called The Power of Now. It sounds very New Agey because it is, by Eckhart Tolle, and the thing that he says is that fear is the is is us living in the future. That's what fear is.
0: Totally. That man, that's awesome.
1: Fear is living in the that. future, and I I'm like flipping through right now because I'm trying to find the quote.
0: <laughs> sure
1: unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence.
0: So good. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, because you know, you, you, so there are a couple things you mentioned. I want to, I want to get them while they're still in my head because I'm trying to be present. Ah. Uh, um, is that, um, Living in the future. So yeah, that is so I noticed that in a couple places for me. Now, one is when I meditate, like that is something I'm still absolutely practicing on. And, you know, it is hard. Um, also, it is not hard, you know, that's the beauty of it. But it, but the thing I notice about myself when I, when I start almost always is that my mind goes elsewhere. I am thinking about what I'm going to do afterwards. I am thinking about what I'm going to do in an hour, what I have to do later that day, tomorrow, whatever. Like It's almost like my calendar is just flooding me at this time when it's really about you know, me just kind of being, right? So that happens to me. And that is something that, whew, boy... I I am fairly certain, fairly confident the term is monkey mind on that. And I love the term, (laughs) right? I want to be sure because – I I want to be sure, but I'm totally not. So I'm going to say it anyway. So it's monkey mind, but I'm just racing and these other things are kind of entering my head. And the importance with the meditation is to, you know, it's to acknowledge that yes, it's in your head, but not to really chase it down and to just let it be. Because I also found, you know, initially when I started meditating, I would get songs in my head. I would get, you know, things that people said to me in my head, just people would show up. I mean, it was just that kind of, Thing for me, and getting to a point where it was, then it, it came. It became about me and my body, you know, as a as an abstract concept. But in that space, at that time, then it turned to, you know, then it turned to more body awareness. But that it's not like I've I've absolutely not perfected. I'm still totally practicing on it. Um, the other thing about the future stuff and the sleeplessness, I definitely want to talk about this too because. Um, I, so you mentioned you have sleepless nights and I do too, but they are so rare for me. Like I can count, I think on maybe one hand, the number of sleepless nights I've had since I've, since I was 21. Right. Really? So it's, it's, yeah, it's just, that oh my how God. I, I am totally a sound sleeper and you can ask my wife about that. That's but, amazing. Um, Well, those are the ones I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I could be totally selling myself <laughs> shirt, but there was one that happened um it was about a month it was about a month or so ago, um, and I was having a very stressful time at work um and there were conversations and things that were happening, and I just had this overwhelming sense of things were going to change and not in a way that I would want them to change in. you know, it was out of my control, you know, I acknowledge that now, but wow, when it came it came time to go to sleep, I remember I was laying there. You know, it was it was like 11 or so, and my wife was sound asleep, um, and I was just up. You know, I had my eyes closed for a while, and it totally didn't work, and my mind just started going into all the scenarios of the things that were going to happen the next day, like all of them. And my mind could not stop. It was just, you know, here is how it's going to go down in this guy's office, and then we're going to talk this way, and here's what you're going to say. And it and I swear it was like every... It was like every, anybody who's ever done a user flow and has had a map out, (laughs) here's the tie-in, everybody who's had a map out every use case of every user flow, that was what was going through my head that night of what could happen tomorrow. Like all the future possibilities, I was just like, here's what's going to end. This is going to happen. And I just was terrified because it was, A, it was keeping me from being asleep, which is something that i have i have a little fear of which is maybe a separate topic and then just the fear of like almost all these outcomes not being really positive like not ones that i would choose to have happen so i remember, but the thing is too is i remember just kind of laying there and you know and and part of the thing i do and maybe you do this too is that you know you'll have these things in your head you'll look at the clock you're like oh shit! now it's 12 30. You roll back over or whatever and more of this happens and you roll over and out, it's two o'clock. And it's just it's it that that is all engaging my mind mostly because my mind is like, No, you really need to be asleep. My body my body wants to be asleep, but my mind is not really letting me. So what I tried to do this last time was really, you know, whenever these scenarios came up, I really tried to I tried to acknowledge where I was in that moment. Because I would I would take a moment, I would try to breathe. And I would say, nope, you're in your bed. <laughs> you're in your bed. It is 1.45 in the morning. You're here. Just breathe. And that's it. And at first, it really totally didn't work. And I don't know ultimately if that did work. But but I did go to sleep that night. But it took me of such a long time to even calm myself down in that scenario because I was thinking about, Everything that could happen tomorrow, I wanted to, for some reason, my mind wanted to plan out every single thing that could happen tomorrow and be ready for it, which is totally, you know, that's totally how I've operated for so long. And this was like the, 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 you know, the magnificent manifestation of that, you know?
1: Well, we're total control freaks. We just need everything to go our way. I mean, Obviously, And we're all that way. We're so afraid of other people making decisions that are going to force us into situations we don't want. And it's not a slight on us. I don't mean that at all. But I am really just, I'm so tired of needing to be in control all the time. That's the thing that I just feel so exhausted by because i have always gone through the exact same thing i mean it's amazing to me that you say that these sleepless nights are rare for you um we are similar in a lot of ways but in this way we're very different i often have sleepless nights i often cannot um stop my mind from racing and it's it's not that I have trouble falling asleep I'm actually quite good at that it's that a few hours later I wake up and I cannot go back to bed and it I will have been up the entire night and and then early morning or late morning I don't know that I'll then need a nap I'll I'll want to go to sleep when I need to be getting up Um, but I will have done 15 things by then because the mind racing gets me so crazy that then I have to get rid of it and I just like answer emails or I try to get things off my to-do list or I write or I do a lot of mindless, like, you know, wiki hole stuff. I just go down the wiki hole and I start researching a bunch of stuff. Um, what's so interesting to me is that you were able to find that meditating calmed it, that you fell asleep from the meditation. And from my understanding, and I'm really curious to hear more about what your meditation practice has been, but from what I understand, because I am a total newbie at this, is that the whole purpose of meditation is to develop presence. It's to not be in the future. It's to not be in the past. It's to cherish that present moment, and it's funny for me to think now about when I couldn't sleep as a kid, and that typical thing you hear, count sheep, and I always thought, what the hell is counting sheep, this is so bizarre, why does why is this so ubiquitous, why do we see this in TV shows, and why do parents tell their kids to count sheep, and just in hearing you talk about how this puts you to sleep is... Now, for the first time connecting in my mind, the counting sheep is a form of mantra meditation.
0: Oh, wow.
1: All you're doing is focusing on the number and the image of a sheep jumping over a fence or whatever the image is that you conjure up. And your mind is captured and is full by that activity, by that repetition. And so you can't think about the past and you can't think about the future in that same moment <laughs> that's so really clever you're wow. present and you fall asleep
0: wow totally totally and and for the record the way i always pictured it was um the 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 sheep were they were slightly cartoonish yes and the fence was like a brownish fence my and fence is white fairly low okay and they would um they would have numbers on their sides too um, so we must have too. seen
1: this image on like Sesame Street kind of thing because maybe that sounds so. very familiar.
0: Maybe <laughs> so, and maybe that's what's been perpetuated, right? And that's that's the uh, that that's how that's how you count sheep. Maybe that's the only way. Um, but but boy, you're right because that's that's it, it puts you it forces you into that moment, right? It's like you're concentrating. On this moment in you know this very well arguably boring process right because it's really just you know counting numbers up Um, and that is that is about being present and in you know with meditation um, I I must also say I am absolutely not um, I am a newbie at that as well uh, for sure (laughs) I'm not a super duper expert at that no way Um, but when initially when I started doing it, it was to calm me and then I realized, well, that's kind of just a side benefit and that's not really what the purpose was for me. I got, I got that out of it, but then I recognized, well, maybe there's no, maybe there's nothing to get out of it. It is simply to be, um, but you're right. It's about the present moment and, and having that, that level of awareness that runs very, very deep to the point where you Become an abstract concept. That I mean, that and that's my my understanding, and interpretation, which I trust is wrong in some way. No, <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. But that, but okay, I will say that that for the way that I do it, um, that is that is where that is where I let it take me. Um, you know, to the point where you know, much like with breathing, um, just that and having that very fluid concept of of the entire universe is there you are a part of it and you are able to bring everything in and out like that to me is a powerful image. Um, and that Fair is, a, that is Zen mind beginner's mind all the way. One of the best books, my friend Ryan recommended it to me. Um, God, I love that book so much. Um, so very, so very good for me. Um, but just the idea of, of, you know, you're breathing, you know, just being a swinging door, just something that lets everything in lets everything out and very, you know, very fluid, very calm. Um, I'm making the hand motion of that screen door right now <laughs> sitting here. Like I'm actually doing that too. I'm talking with my hands a lot tonight. I noticed too, but um, yeah, it's totally, it, it's totally just a very fluid and easy movement. Um, now getting there from a place of ramp, you know, being so ramped up and amped up about what could happen tomorrow. Um I don't. I don't have a strategy on that. I just kind of tried to calm myself in that way, and just yeah. you know, and just say say to myself, breathe. No, breathe. And it's funny because I say that to my son too sometimes, and he does it. Actually, he likes he likes to do yoga, which is awesome. That's
1: so cute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he totally does.
1: Uh, I love my yoga, and I've done it many times in the past, and I've been really intensely interested and then somehow life gets in the way and I stop going and then it's like a year until I pick it up again. Um, I'm determined this time to not (laughs) let that happen, but I am loving it. I'm loving everything that it's about and it's fitting into a lot of these other practices that I have been introducing myself to lately, um, all in the attempt to be more present, to understand who i am to let go of a lot of junk from the past to let go of a lot of expectations for the future and just to be happy in the present moment and a lot of this was um prompted by the power of now perhaps but i'm of the belief just as i said last time that there's You know, I don't really think that starting happens. It's like once you realize that it's happened, it's been going on for a while. Um, In order for us to have even been attracted to reading The Power of Now, we were already in motion in this way. So I think that presence is something I've been craving for a while because calm is something I've been craving for a while. But um, what I'm really kind of amazed by that presence and yoga and meditation, helping you to develop presence, allows for is letting go of the ego. And you said something that made me think that that's what you meant, that there's um, this moment when you realize that you don't really exist the way that you think that you do. Totally. And that conversation that you're dreading doesn't really exist the way in which you imagine it does and it's just of not very any importance really at all to the universe and that you are just a being a living breathing being taking the air in and letting the air out and in that you are exactly like everyone else and that's not a bad thing it's a beautiful thing and not just other human beings, but you're connected to all things. And I'm finding the calm in that. I'm finding the calm in how meditation and how presence on the greater scale, how much that connects me to nature, how much it connects me to my environment and helps me realize I'm not in this alone. And a lot of my fear stems from that. It's not just being an only child, but it's being trapped in this head. You know, I've been trapped in this head for 31 years as of tomorrow. I <laughs> have been birthday. trapped. Thank you. Trapped in there. And I've wondered, and I remember wondering at a very young age, how do I get out of there? How do I go somewhere else and even the whole notion of vacations i always found really funny like we take ourselves out of our external environment as though that has anything to do with it <laughs> it's like i always think of moby dick because it was a really long time ago that i was forced into reading it in high school english class but i'm pretty sure that the moral of the story is you can't escape your own problems no matter where you go um You just can't. And, you know, even being in the keys, all the stuff of who I am and what I struggle with and what I desire and what I can't have because that's just not how the past was written and and who knows what the future will bring and the ambiguity of it all, the unknowns, all of that still exists. There is nothing that I can do to change my environment. I can't have a nicer house. I can't have a better manicure. I can't have nicer clothes. I can't have a higher paying client gig or whatever. None of that is going to change the fact that I still hear my voice in my head all day, every day. And what I am so attracted to with the meditation and developing presence is the concept that you can actually get that voice out of your head and more so that that voice is not you. Huh. That yeah. voice is not you. Um, by And the thing that he says in The Power of Now that he underscores over and over and over again is by the sheer fact that you are listening to the voice, the voice is not you. You are the one doing the listening. That's your true self. <laughs>
0: holy smokes yeah that's awesome um wow that blew my mind um wow wow that's insightful
1: i know you gotta you gotta read this book you gotta read this book
0: well clearly i do clearly i do um because it's the assumption is you know the narrator oh my gosh now my mind is now i'm talking to myself in my head um <laughs> but the you know the the <laughs> now there's the, the debate is raging um
1: it's like inception.
0: Totally, right? It's like, no, yes, no. Um, but the, wow. So the the, the, the narration, the, the commentary that's going on in your head is not necessarily you because you're doing the listening. Wow. Um, okay, that blew my mind. It is so amazing
1: that we all experience this. We all. Totally, you, right? You and I happen to have a moment of synchronicity when we met at the IA Summit where we were both able to articulate something about who we are and what we want for ourselves at the exact same moment where we had a connection and we've been able to maintain that connection and form a bond because we had that very lucky moment. But I fundamentally believe that everyone is going Everyone is. It's not just like you you and me and we just happen to be in these phases in our lives and so isn't it interesting that we can connect on this. It's like, no, I really feel that everyone is going through this and the more comfortable I get with talking about this stuff – the more I find that everyone I know is thinking about the same stuff right now. And I think it's possible that everyone's always been thinking about this, but I just haven't been comfortable with it. A big part of my fear comes from needing to appear like a fearless person. And I don't really know why I've kind of had that obsession for a long time, but it's forced me into a sort of hibernation of having to work through a lot of my fears by myself because I've been the most afraid to let anyone else see just how afraid I am. And I'm slowly giving that up. It's not easy and I'm getting fears I feel fears rising in me right now that I'm saying it knowing that we're going to be publishing this and that people are going to be listening to this and yep. someone who might know me might hear this and is now going to know that it that is like whoa that's scary I mean the last episode when you mentioned that your co-worker Said something about like oh, do you follow any house on Twitter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that a conversation in happened in the world about me that I wasn't present for that's fucking scary like I can't even handle I, I it's a kind of foreign concept that I because I'm so scared of it I've never really wanted to even entertain the thought that people are talking about me when I'm not there. that is crazy to me, and i don't I don't like it it doesn't feel good. Um, but here it is it, when you put it out there and this is me doing exactly what I said I wanted to do and that I've been engaging in at the beginning of this, I have to dive right into the fears and I have to break them wide open. And one of those things is sharing just how scary life is and Just how much I have been afraid of. And I'm damn lucky that I've had the resources, resourcefulness, willingness, what have you, name it what you want, to be willing to stare them down and say, no, you are not going to own me. And so it may appear, based on things that I've done in my life, to others, like... There's no way that she could have been scared because she did X, Y, and Z. But no, the only reason that I was able to do it is because I was so fucking scared of it.
0: Totally, totally. And I think that's you know one thing that um, that that pops in my head because I have to at some point in our conversations I have to evoke Merlin Mann's name because um, and this will be the time that I start um, one of his excellent talks that is uh, I believe on Vimeo and and we'll. We'll put out a link or something um it's called scared shitless and it was so good um because much like much like this to a degree um you know he he's articulated how um like what really what the difference is between people who are who are doing stuff and people who are not doing stuff it comes down to fear and dealing with it right because there is there is just fear everywhere, right. Um, potentially, if you want it, if you want it to be, it can be that way, but there, there, there's the potential for fear everywhere. Because if you, if you let yourself be in the future, you can come out with every terrible possibility for everything if you want to. Right. And I'm thinking about that mostly on a big level and not really the little tiny level, but I mean, there's the, you know, there's the very real possibility that this will be my last moment. I don't know. But I, but that fear, that fear in me is so very tiny that I feel I can, I can deal with that fairly well. Oh, that's but, not a
1: tiny fear for me.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Well, let me, let's come back to that. For, yeah, a go way. ahead. Um, <laughs> but, um, so anyway, the, the whole thing with, you know, there's so much that you could do or one could do, but doesn't because of fear. Like that is, that is the crux of the, uh, problem or the limitation is that the people who are doing the things that you would like to do or should do or could do are getting basically getting past fear. Now, you know, it's different for every person. I mean, there's some people, you know, I think about it, you know, obviously everybody's different, but there are some people, it might not just be fear. It might also be uh, it might be a physical limitation. It might be something else that's, that's an important factor for them. And it's not simply fear or they blow, maybe they blow past that freaking physical limitation and do it anyway. But there is that, there is that moment when, when I trust like most other people, and this is, I think a shared experience, you come up to that moment against fear and you can either step back and say, mm, not going to do it. And for me, I've, <laughs> There's been many, many times when I went to that point and, and just step back because it's way more comfortable and less scary for sure. Um, or you go through with that and you deal with things like, you know, the the possible physical manifestation of fear, you know, public speaking. I mean, that that, you know, getting the butterflies in the stomach and all that stuff. I mean, that those are common experiences. But I think the fearlessness is the interesting point in having that that perceived fearlessness, because you know, I haven't, I haven't seen you speak in person, but I've seen your videos on on the web and, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get a sense of fear from those for instance. Right. So mission accomplished. I'm projecting the fearlessness in those scenarios. Right. But, but taking that beyond public speaking in a scenario where most people are, you know, kind of fearful in general and putting that into everyday practice. Well, that, that, that changes things a lot because, you know, then it leads to the little conversations that we avoid or don't want to have because of fear of an outcome or fear of what could happen. Those are the actions that we don't take. Those are the the things that we don't do or say. And we let the fear be us, even if we are not made of fear, which I would guess just putting a guess out there, almost all of us are not simply made of fear, but it's something that just, you know, it just, we, we, we can let it drive us if we want to. And it's, it's funny because, you know, you, you mentioned talking about this um, and, and how you have that, this, this fear of, of people hearing it. I'm sitting here. I'm noticing I'm shaking a little bit when I'm talking about this, because this is a really like, this is a, you know, this is a heart of the matter type thing for me. And I don't, I don't talk about fear at length like this. Um, so this is new and this is, and and much like you, it's like, and we're going to put this out there too. So it's scary.
1: It's so scary. (laughs) And there's so many things that we do to take us out of the moment because it's such a scary place to be, to stay and to sit in. And I, I can't even imagine how many situations I've been in where I've allowed fear to dictate the outcome of the situation for me, when it wasn't even, you know, how I wanted it to turn out, but I just couldn't do what needed to be done. I couldn't have the conversation. I couldn't finish the document. I couldn't meet the deadline. I couldn't purchase the flight. I couldn't transfer the money into the other account. I couldn't whatever. There are so many things that flood my mind where fear has forced me to have to live with an outcome that I really didn't want. And I've noticed that there are certain things that I do that indicate to me that I'm afraid of something, that that fear is happening for me before I can even pinpoint that emotion you know before I can even say there must be something going on that I'm fearful of or wow I'm really scared of this I notice other things that I'm doing and it's the things that I fall back on that take me out of the moment I'll give you some examples needing to check up on TMZ oh I just have to know what's going on with these celebrities Or, um, like, yeah, oh, oh, I wonder what the update is on that awful news item because I need to know that right now. Watching TV and being just taken out of the moment and, and escaping through someone else's fictional story. Eating has been a big issue for me. I have always struggled with eating the right things for emotional reasons. I have totally, you know, like emotionally eaten or whatever, covered up my emotions by eating something that tastes awesome or is really bad for me or it sometimes goes in the opposite direction where I'm eating only really healthily. And it becomes, in a way, the thing that I invest my time in and I make it about the food. Oh, I'm only going to do this. You know, I've I've done four-hour body now for two years. And I know that at times it's been really good for me. But at other times I feel like it was a device that I was using just to not be present with whatever was going on right now. Because I shouldn't need a dude with a book to give me rules for how to eat. Let's be honest here. If I had that inner peace and if I was present, I would eat the right amount of the right foods and I would still be able to have a sweet because it would be in moderation and it wouldn't be in excess to the point of making myself sick or being unhealthy, it's a lot of these things have been kind of crutches for me that have buried the fear or that have distracted me from the fear. Instead of just facing it, looking it right down and saying, screw you, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to think about you anymore, but I'm not going to do that by, you know, distracting myself with all this other stuff that's not good for me and I'm just gonna do it I'm just going to explore it I'm just going to dig underneath it and figure out what I'm really scared of because it's rarely the conversation with the guy it's rarely the thing that you have to buy or whatever else is getting in the way it is almost always something that's underneath that that's a deep seated fear and you say you know and i'm happy for you that you say you're not you don't really think about it it's like a distant idea that this might be your last breath but that's a big one for me like am i spending my days doing the right thing am i going to have all the days that i need to make the impact that i want to make did i waste today um because i was in an emotional place that I distracted myself or that I procrastinated and I didn't accomplish what I had set out to. Will I get another chance? That is in me all the time. And it only exacerbates it because worrying that today is your last day is the worst way to, you know, ensure that you're not going to stay present and. Be peaceful in that moment and do what feels right and take care of the things that matter to you because all I'm thinking is what I do right now has to be the best thing possible because I may never get another chance and it's not healthy at all. And it's just, oh my God, I feel like I'm rambling now, but it's just, (laughs) it's just, um, so unnecessary it's so unnecessary who's keeping track who's like got their ledger and is judging my every day who's like you know what she really didn't do that she didn't tweet enough she tweeted too much she didn't write enough blog posts she didn't call enough clients she called too many clients she didn't answer enough emails she answered too many who who's doing that who's checking up on me like it's a crazy thing that I think so many of us live with it and just are stuck in this self-judgment constantly because we're afraid that we're not doing the right things, that we're not making enough of an impact, that we're not fulfilling our full potential. And it's just bizarre.
0: Well, it's like we've all got this scorecard that we're keeping track against, but nobody knows what the hell the scorecard is. But we just have this sense of whatever we're doing is almost certainly wrong. And, you know, I even said that earlier about meditation, for goodness sake. I was, I, You know, I said, oh, I, I'm doing it wrong, but <laughs> but maybe I'm not. I don't know. But, but even that, like even that, I have, you know, I made that comment and that was coming from a place of, well, somebody listening certainly knows more than I do on this and they will say you are wrong on this. Yeah. That's like that. That's where that came from, and and you're right, and boy, you just unleashed like 50 different topics on that on that last on that last statement. But that that's cool with me. um You know, I think beyond that though, a lot of it does come down to the fear. You know, I I, I was thinking last weekend I went and um I, I went to a place that I really love to meditate, and when I was walking to it, I you know I really had a strong presence of mind and. More so than anything else. And, and at one point, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is this is my last moment. I'm okay. And wow. even th- even that, though, is so freaking self-indulgent now that I look at it. And I don't mean that in a super judgmental way, I don't think. But, boy, I designed that moment as much as I could. I chose, you know, I had the opportunity to, to meditate on my own. I had some time on my own. I was able to pick where I went. I drove there. Uh, Then I walked to the place I meditate and I there were so many things I chose in that moment. But even like I don't have any control over that, for goodness sake. The tough part would be that if I said that same thing to myself in a moment of true adversity and or fear, that would be freaking scary. Um, And I am nowhere near there. So I'm not saying I'm I'm totally chicken shit or anything, but I, I, I think that I had that a moment of awareness in a very, very carefully designed moment, you know?
1: You know, I think you're way too hard on yourself.
0: Awesome, thank I
1: you. I think you are awesome. And you thank know you. what? Stop judging.
0: Done. <laughs> <laughs> and done.
1: It's funny, all this stuff that we're talking about. Um I'm just recently discovering that this is what Buddhism is all about. Now, I consider myself to be a fairly intelligent person, fairly well-read, definitely well-educated. And I am not afraid to admit that I had no idea what Buddhism was until about a month ago. I just, I knew it was a religion. Well, I think I I was wrong because I don't really think it is a religion, but I I thought it was a religion. Um I knew it was old. Um I thought that it was nicer than some of the other religions. I was pretty sure that wars hadn't been started over Buddhism. Um I was pretty sure that that's what the Dalai Lama was all about, but I really didn't know a thing about it. And all this stuff that I've been reading and the stuff that I've been doing, and even the coaching program that I'm going through, all these signs started pointing towards Buddhism. Now, I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish, not particularly religious, definitely very spiritual and have been my whole life, but also a little wary of religion as a concept, um, just, like, the human intervention of it all, as though, like, a group of humans have all the answers and if you just follow these things, you'll get the answers too. Always been kind of skeptical of that. And so I wasn't really loving the idea of starting to explore this thing that I thought was religion, but the few books that I've been reading and the few people that I've been talking to and the few Buddhist meditation centers that I've been looking to uh, looking into online and whatnot, I'm starting to see it's not really um, a religion at all, and any of the Buddhist practitioners who are listening to this, I suppose, can write to us and Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm under the impression it's not really a religion. It's like a life practice or a philosophy. And um, I think that that's in large part due to the fact that Buddha was not and never claimed to be a type of God or a human version of God or holy in any way. Um, was simply a dude who sat under a tree and came to some realizations about life and decided to dedicate the rest of his life to teaching people what he came up with um, in the hopes of creating a more peaceful world. Um, That's a really uh, simplistic (laughs) paraphrase, but I hope that it's a a, a fairly um, accurate one. And... The reason that I bring it up is because one of the Buddhist meditation centers that I've looked into is called Spirit Rock, and it's in San Francisco, just outside of San Francisco, actually, and um, it was started by this guy, Jack Cornfield or Cornfeld. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, and um, I read an article in the SF Chronicle um, a couple days ago because it's their 25th anniversary and so they were getting some write-up for something. And he tells this story about how he came to be a spiritual teacher and how, you know, where he came to Buddhism and particularly how he's now doing this Buddhist stuff in the U S and the story that he tells is that he was um, living in a Buddhist monastery somewhere. I think it was Tibet and had been there for many years and eventually left and was back in the U S and was meeting his sister-in-law or someone for lunch. And she was running late So he was sitting at um, the restaurant table and thought, I have a moment to kill. I'm going to meditate and closed his eyes and meditated on loving kindness, which is one of the things that um, Buddhist meditation teaches is how to really think about loving kindness, or I guess I shouldn't use the word think because meditation isn't really thinking, but how to meditate on loving kindness in the, uh, with the intent to foster greater loving kindness within yourself and within others. And while he has his eyes closed, just meditating simply at the table waiting for her, he overhears two women say, Oh my God, is that guy for real? And at that moment, realizes that the rest of his life will be dedicated to teaching people in the West why this stuff matters so much. And I was really moved by that. Um, don't know if the whole Buddhist thing is going to be for me. Don't know if I'm going to find any truth in my as I explore more deeply, don't know that it's uh, something that I will take in as part of my identity the way some people do. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever go to a meditation retreat center place. I don't know that I'll ever know what all the words mean. or And maybe the whole thing is not the right path for me. But what really resonates for me is this idea that part of us, Part of our society and part of our, all of our minds has that, oh, my God, is that guy for real in it? In, it's in there. It's programmed. Because I, I know as I'm reading this stuff, I think, oh, my God, is this guy for real with all this stuff that I read? And even though it's speaking to me, I'm still cynical about it. And I feel really moved In a similar way, though, I'm sure that I will go about it in a very different fashion. I don't know that I'm going to be running a Buddhist meditation center anytime soon, but I feel really moved by that notion that we could dedicate our lives, not just our careers, but our whole lives, to helping other people recognize the importance in being present and in cultivating that for themselves and the vast benefits that that has on the world. And when I stop to think about it, I hope that this connection is not seen by you or by anyone listening as an opportunistic one. But I really believe that there is so much of what we do as user experience designers deeply wound up in that. This deep, deep desire to help businesses recognize the importance and the presence that they have in their customers' lives, to help them recognize the importance and the presence that they have in their employees' lives, and to, lastly, (laughs) to cultivate loving kindness within the organizations and with their customers. Is that not what we do as user experience designers?
0: No, I think it's totally what we do um, because the whole thing is built on empathy and understanding you know at a at a mind only level understanding user needs and being able to call those out and it's it you know you think about boy, if you think about some of the activities that we do as as user experience folks you know there's there's the role play and scenario creation and persona creation and all those things. Those are all centered around people and the whole point of it is to get to a point where we not only listen to people but we understand them as much as we can and that goes well beyond what they say you know that's the old um, that's that's the old oh gosh how often do I hear the Henry Ford quote. Oh my God. Um, kill me now! <laughs> I, 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 I hear it every day as though that
1: quote is like an antidote for our whole field our whole industry.
0: Totally. Right. Um, But, but it it goes well beyond that. You know, when you start to look at um, when you start to look at things like uh, Indy Young's work in mental modeling, I mean, for me, that was eye opening and just being able to take what people say and do more importantly and their behaviors and get to a place of understanding and comprehension. And yeah, that's, that's what it's about. But all too often it's outward focused and not inward focused with yep. us, and yeah when you when you start to do the inward focus, and at least this was the case for me, like you were talking about the uh, is this guy for real um boy when i th- <laughs> and this was and we had this on an earlier call before we did podcasts and stuff um I joked at the end when I, I said, Well, I haven't even brought up chakras yet. And it's gonna be like <laughs> and it's like, ooh, you're gonna you're gonna flip your lid on that. But it's something that resonates with me. And and so what's wrong with that? There's still that check in me though, that, that really says, Wow, maybe you know, that's ooh, that's kinda out there. You know, that that's uh, hippy dippy trippy stuff, right? And and we put all these these labels on that stuff. Yes. But you know what? It if it's meaningful, so be it. And that's and- just
1: fear talking.
0: Yeah, it is right. It's just the the fear that wow, maybe there's there's something to this, and uh, it it resonates with me. It, it makes sense to me in my head. It feels right in my body and my spirit, or whatever other components you have. But it, it's it's that is, and that alone is enough. And there does not need to be the judgment that goes with that too.
1: I couldn't agree more, and it requires each of us. To take a look inside and to develop ourselves to the greatest extent that we possibly can, to our greatest capacity, because that is what enables us to help develop that compassion within others. If we are not starting at home, we're never going to make any real progress with the people around us. And we also just have absolutely no authority to... Tell other people how they should be if we're not actively Learning that way to be ourselves every day
0: Absolutely, and it is such a learning process and it's never done
1: ever. Never. That's what's so beautiful about it
0: Yeah, totally
1: back to Zen mind beginners mind always beginners mind
0: Yes, it's beautiful stuff
1: Oh my gosh, we thought we could tackle fear in an hour
0: mostly dead We got wrapped up. Yeah, we mostly did. So an hour on fear. That's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I still love it. I love it. It makes me crazy. But I really think there's something very special there. I'm so glad that you wanted to talk about fear today.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking with me about it. Uh, This has been a phenomenal conversation. And um, there's, there's so much that... I mean, the last, last thing I'll say is that there's so much that I'm afraid of, but the difficult and super exciting part is just plowing through that anyway and doing it, no matter what the fear is. Love it.
1: Absolutely. I think that's it. I can't wait to talk to you again next week.
0: I can absolutely say the same. Cannot wait. And um, I will also uh, chime in and, and say thanks to everybody for listening, too.
1: Thank you all so much. Thank you. Bye. We'll talk to you soon.